Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We have many experts all over the world. They can and do teach with authority. There are specialist doctors, engineers, professors in various fields, attorneys, and a whole host of others. Sometimes you hear the experts disagree with one another, even in areas where you'd think everything should be clear-cut. I've watched some trials where the experts in the medical field on the prosecution side disagreed with the ones from the defense side. As I watched, it made it hard for me to decide who was right. I would think the prosecution expert, and then I would think the defense expert. That speaks to the question of authority. You may even recall findings about things we consume. Coffee is good for you, no coffee is bad for you. Wine is good for you, no wine is bad for you. If you pay close attention to the reporting about these things, they may make your head spin. You think they have all the authority. They are all experts. And still, they are not in complete agreement. Some experts encourage you to get a second opinion about a medical diagnosis. Why? Because there have been wrong diagnoses before, and people have had harmful prescriptions given to them. Some have even had surgeries performed on the wrong body parts and surgeries meant for different patients. Our gospel reading says, the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Clearly, the ordinary folks saw something in Jesus' teaching that the teachers of the law were too proud to acknowledge. Perhaps their expert knowledge of the letter of the scriptures had blinded them to the true spirit of those scriptures as they were being taught by Jesus. Now the teachers of the law, they made meticulous copies of the scriptures. But they were more than just meticulous copies. They were scholars. They lectured on the scriptures in synagogues, taught in schools, debated it in public and private, and applied it in judgment to specific cases. They were obviously very important and held in high esteem by the people. Until Jesus showed up with his authoritative teaching, their teaching held sway in society. But in spite of their abilities, they had failed to open up the meaning of the scriptures for the ordinary folk. They had made them more obscure. They were regarded as authorities. But that day when Jesus was allowed to speak in the synagogue, things changed in a dramatic way. It was just one worship service but it was enough to make a deep impression on the people. They could not believe their ears. Here was real authority, authority of the kind that they had never encountered before. Jesus taught as one who had authority because his teaching was his own from beginning to end. Even though the people had heard the teaching of the teachers of the law, they could tell right away that the teaching of Jesus was different. It was the truth. 
It could not be disputed. He opened up the word of God to them, for he himself was the word, the very thing he was teaching. He taught as one who had authority. He still teaches as one who has authority today through his revealed word, the Bible. He has authority for good, for the good of the whole world. Now, the word authority may not be a word that we like that much because it implies that somebody has the power to tell us what to do. It does not always make us happy when a fellow human being gives us directives and we have to comply with them. A typical, though often unspoken reaction to our authority is this, you don't tell me what to do. In this day and age, when rebellion against authority is seen as a good thing, it can be a stumbling block to some people that Jesus is being described in our text as someone who had authority. That means people have to listen to him. People have to do what he has directed. Surely, a person feels better if he or she can say, nobody tells me what to do. You may have seen those bumper stickers that scream at you. Question authority before they question you. How about hearing, you are not the boss of me. I saw a whole host of quotes on the internet. Think for yourself and question authority. No man has any natural authority over his fellow man. True, we love authority sometimes, especially when it is exercised over somebody for us. For example, we love it when police officers finally arrest a killer or a robber because we know that means one less dangerous person still on the loose. But we like law enforcement authority less when we are on the receiving end. Just when we need to get to a place in a hurry, they appear out of nowhere and demand our driver's license because they believe we have been speeding. Sometimes we ourselves may struggle with the authority of Jesus because his teaching is hard. In Mark chapter 8, verse 34, he says, all who want to come after me must say no to themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. That's authority. But he is using that authority for our good, and we know it. Indeed, he is our good. For us, who continue to believe and trust in Jesus as our only Savior, our problems with his authority may show up in our wish that he would have taught certain things differently than he did. Maybe if he hadn't said that he is the way and the truth and the life and that no one goes to the Father except through him, we would not be burdened with telling that to others. He could perhaps have made provision for our changing needs and desires in this world and said something different. But where would that good authority that we rely on be? We can't get away from the fact that Jesus taught us one who had authority. And those who heard him were amazed at his teaching because they were not empty and powerless. His words were powerful, performing what he said. His teaching and his deeds worked together. The evil spirits became afraid of his authority. They asked him, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? 
Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The people were so impressed, they said, what is this? A new teaching, and with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. That was a perfect testimony. But Jesus had not come to seek the praise of demons. He had come to destroy them, take them away from our lives, and make us clean for God's rule and reign in our lives. That's proper authority, the authority of God. Jesus' authority over our lives is to our advantage. Since we know that his authority over us is completely to our advantage, we can live in peace. He commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man he had possessed, and he did. That man, whose life had been anything but joyful, now had the freedom to live a life that was pleasing to God. By his own authority, Jesus had freed that man from physical illness, emotional illness, and spiritual illness. His mind had been freed from the grip of the demons. No longer would people look down on him because his actions were less than normal. If Jesus was not the son of God, then his teaching would be just like any other teaching. His world would have no authority to cast out demons from the man who had been inhabited by evil spirits. Jesus had that authority from before anything existed. We believe in him, even if we don't understand everything about him perfectly, because it is not by our own logic, but by the work of the Holy Spirit that has convinced us about that fact. Now, if Jesus was simply another human being, even just a great teacher, then things would be different. But as it is, he is the Son of God, and he uses his authority for our good. C.S. Lewis, in his book, Mere Christianity, speaks directly to those who claim that Jesus was a great teacher and nothing more. He writes, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he will be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. The authority and saving work of Jesus has broken the stranglehold that the devil and his evil spirits would have over us too. That gives us comfort that no other teaching in the world has given or can give. That same authority for our good enables us to approach him in confidence when we mess up in small and in big ways and ask him for mercy and for his forgiveness. It teaches us to approach someone we have offended 
and ask for forgiveness and to know that even if the person has a hard time forgiving us, Jesus will nevertheless forgive us. And if we are wronged or offended in some way by somebody and that person comes to us to ask for forgiveness and we don't ever get to the point of forgiving, Jesus will forgive that person. He has authority to do that. That's good authority. Now it sounds like his authority over us is as absolute, and it is. He is God. He can use it any way he wants, but Jesus is not a tyrant. If all he does in his teaching is to order us about telling us, do this, don't do that, he would not be worth following. But he does not use his authority to oppress us. His authority is a blessing for although he himself knows that we sometimes have issues with his authority because we fail time and again to keep his commandments, he does not hold that against us. Not holding us accountable for our failures does not mean he does not care or has changed his mind. He does not hold them against us because we live under him, under his authority in true repentance. And because of that true repentance, he charges those failures to himself. What a gracious use of authority. It is authority for good, for our good. Even though we may have sometimes heard people say, when they are convicted of a crime, I did it and I will pay for it, we know that we could never pay for our sins. God requires holy, innocent, and precious blood to pay for sin, and the only one who meets that requirement is Jesus Christ, the very one with authority. He has authority, but he uses that authority to serve you and I. His authority extends even over death, for he himself rose again from the dead. He lives forever by his own authority, and because he lives, you too will live again after death and forever too. Those hearers in Capernaum were amazed at the authority with which Jesus was teaching. On top of that, his words accomplished what he said because they were words of authority. The evil spirit was cast out. His word of authority is still effective today for us. There is power in his word still because people have not stopped coming to faith. There is power in his word because even though some leave the faith, those who have kept the faith, like you, have kept it because of his authority. You need not ever be concerned about his authority over you because it is for your good. And you know that he did not make a big deal about his authority, but rather did the opposite for us. He did not resist his arrest he did not command 12 legions of angels to defend him, even though he could have. He went humbly to the cross. Yet he never lost that authority. When he rose again from the dead on that third day, he took back his full authority that he had temporarily given up. In that authority, he adopted you as his own, and no evil spirit can snatch you out of his powerful hands. Rest assured about that. You are in those hands until that day when you get to see him face to face because he has used his authority for your good. Amen.